positive in a negative environment? Well, if, if you, if we, if we acknowledge, and this doesn't mean to put your head in the sand, but if you give energy to the existence of a negative environment in which you live, move, and have your being, you're sort of sliding down the slippery slope. But if you acknowledge that beneath everything that is in your environment, in the world, in everything, underneath all things, as is true with your spirituality, there is the conscious presence of the one presence, one power, you will the better do one of two things. You will ignore or not give energy to um, what, is, what is there that doesn't feel good, and you will hold to the truth of your alignment with the greater good that is always surrounding you, that is always the truth of who and what you are. When you are, do you, do you, right, do you ever look at a news thing on the, on the internet and then they have the little headlines you can click on? I don't click on many of those headlines because they don't look good and I say to myself, I don't want to go there because there's an energy there. So let's, let's go in our mind to the truth of where we live, move and have our being. I feel that guilt over past mismanagement is blocking new prosperity from entering my life. Any thoughts on things I can say or do to release the guilt and welcome new abundance? The, right, and, and I hear in that that you are recognizing <clears throat> that the feeling of, of uh, well, you use the word, the feeling of guilt only has validity within you because it is not held against you by the universe, by the activity of pure being. So if, and now you can, you can go to the statement as you think on maybe, you still will, on maybe a few things that you might have, uh, you might say foolishly done or whatever, um, move at that same point in time to the knowledge that, 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 that you really didn't get it wrong and you didn't get it wrong because you, you can never get your journey through eternity done. You are here forever. You are here within the expression of God life forever. And so, sure, you may have done some things you would choose not to do again, but let's recognize that you've got to, I mean, you don't have to do anything, but, 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 but it's very efficacious, I love that word, it's very efficacious for you to recognize that what you did is history, you can't, un you, you, you can't undo it, it was done, and what is the only time and only space that you ever have to live with anyway? And that is right here and right now. And if you need it to be done, I totally forgive you for any past mistakes you have made. It is done. Water under the bridge, you are free. So we have a couple more uh, prosperity questions. From Unity's view of prosperity, are the top 1% most wealthy the most spiritual? The other 99% not so much? <laughs> okay, okay, prosperity has nothing to do with conscious spirituality, all right? Conscious spirituality can enhance your knowledge because it is, thank you, because it is, 
an identification of God as your source. But the ability to manifest the kingdom can be done just as, can be done whether, whether, whether you are a deeply religious person or whether you are not. It is simply working with the law. Gravity works for people who are sitting in church and who are sitting at home. It's the law behind all things. It is the working of the activity of the abundance that moves through your mind, your heart, your soul, your being, as you more closely identify with the who and the what you truly are. So, uh, no, it has nothing to do with spirituality. Spirituality, as I said, can enhance the process because you are more likely to acknowledge who and what you truly are. How is it that the homeless I serve, many of them feel abundance in their lives, although they are so poor? Well, you've, you've really answered your own question. Because happiness has nothing to do, the choice to be happy, the choice to identify with, with the happiness syndrome at the core of everyone's being, at the core of your being, has nothing to do necessarily with the outer experience that you might be moving through, whether it be lack or whether it be abundance. People in the, in the most impoverished of nations, of countries, I saw a picture the other day of a little girl holding a puppy in the slums of India, big smile on her face, you know? She was there within her own self with the activity of her God reality, whatever she called it, identifying with that which is happiness and joy. And I, so then I said to myself, my gosh, if she can apparently to some degree do this, what excuse do I have not to? It's my choice as well. Do we manifest our own illnesses or are these a trail for our spirit to grow? I hear sort of underlying in that question um, um, the need for pain to grow spiritually. It may not be there. And if it isn't there in your question, then overlook it. But no, um, your, your, your growth in, in awareness, uh, you're not here in this, spirit, in, in this, in this physical plane. You're, you're not here to learn lessons. That isn't why you've come. You are here to experience joy in any way that you seek to do it. You get to make the call. And so the path into greater joy is not found through pain and suffering. Pain and suffering might be used by you to do that, but it isn't a pronouncement from on high that this is the way that you must grow and that you must uh, uh, come into greater alignment with, with somebody's concept of what God is. You know, there is a truth of what God is, but, y but, you, get to, but you get to name that right here and now. That's up to you to name. Um, and to name it within the space and within the realm of abundance and peace and love and joy is that which enhances your growth into the awareness of who and what you have always been. You don't have to learn anything, you just have to remember.
Why are we here? Mankind, animals, earth, etc. I have read, I believe, I have embraced that this is where the action is. You are here because you have chosen to be on the leading edge of how the universe is expanding, of how the activity of pure being called God is moving in you, through you, and as you. It isn't necessarily taking place as much from the non-physical part of your, your beingness or anyone else's, but it's here in the physical realm where you sort things out, where you dream, where you desire, where you plan, where you allow the energy of spirit to move through you. I've heard people say, well, when I leave here, I don't ever want to come back, you know? All right, I can understand that if your life sucks, you know, if you're really miserable. But probably you will, because here is where you get to stir in, into and around all of the things that create everything that you see. And that's exciting. So there's a question actually about that. Will you please pontificate? I knew how to spell it. Uh, about the possibility of learning enough to transcend beyond having to reincarnate in human form. Well, I sort of said it, I think. Uh, I'm not sure whether there will ever be a moment when that will happen, when we will not have anything that we will do in non-physical. Maybe the experience of non-physical might change as the millenniums roll on, but I'm, I'm sure that in some way, shape, form, or another, the non-physical part of you will want to be a part of that which manifests in some realm that you might think to be more solid than the ethereal part of your growth and your experience. So, yeah. So here's some that take some different directions. Is there any cause or value that you would be willing to be crucified for? Literally? Uh, can I choose another form of execution, please? Um, Maybe they're talking about metaphysically. I hope so. We don't do crucifixions anymore. Well, or they might be. Maybe. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure somewhere, somewhere there's a value system um, that, would, that, would, that, would, uh, that would kick in. Um, because... I, I have no fear of the transition into non-physical, so that wouldn't enter into it. Uh, and I suppose it would matter whether or not I would see, behold, it happening to be beneficial to something else taking place. So there are a lot of variables, a lot of things that may or may not happen. Does unity hold that our primary love should be for God and that our love for all or any human should be secondary to that? Well, now you are saying that there's a separation between God and the others that you might have in the other category. Um, if there is but one presence, one power, if there is and there is, if there is this essence of pure being that we call God, this energy, this source, then I am looking at manifestations of it right here. 
and there's no variance, there's no separation between what you might say is the love of this idea that we call God and the love toward people, places, conditions, things. Uh, love is love, love is an energy. Love does not have to be attached. It is big enough to, to go around and to draw the circle to hold everybody within it and everything. Why are there two versions of creation, Genesis 1 and 2? Specifically, why chapter 2, after chapter 1 said, Behold, and it was very good. You can look at chapter 1 in Genesis as being the spiritual one, as being the one created in, 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 in non-physical. Uh, remember it says in there where there was no man to till the soil. It, it's an idea being formed. It is somebody's concept of how it works. And then in Genesis 2, we find somebody uh, acknowledging that this is now in human form. Re re remember, this is the idea, this is someone's concept of, of creation, the, 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 uh, uh, the book of Genesis, written halfway in the middle of the total years that the Old Testament was written. It wasn't the first book written, and it was somebody's concept of why we are here. They were being asked back then, why are we here? And somebody said, well, let me tell you. And they, you know, they put word to paper or something similar to that. So if you want to look at, uh, don't look at it as literal either. Look at it very metaphysical or metaphorical. Look at it as an allegory, the creation of the idea of perfect man-woman and then that idea taking physical form in chapter two. Please explain Christianity in the context of unity beliefs and practices. Unity would say that we are metaphysical Christianity, that we see um, and we always have in unity and others throughout the eons have done the same thing but it hasn't been as well, uh, uh, as well uh, um, uh, spoken to necessarily, but unity sees, sees Jesus as the great example and not the great exception. And as we do that, we acknowledge that, there, that the idea of pure beingness that is, was within Jesus, I like to think of him as our elder brother, Wayshower, is that same God idea that is within each one of us. And to acknowledge that then, is to see the whole ministry of Jesus in a completely different light, in a completely different way, not to take away from anything that Jesus did. And we really don't know the accuracy of what's come down to us anyway within the scriptures. Um, we like to think that everything that has come down has come down in a very accurate way, and probably it hasn't. Um, so to look at the uh, look at the parables of Jesus in a metaphysical way, which they basically are anyway, is to internalize them and look at the idea that Jesus spoke to within the parable and see if that has an, a point of something that can be internalized within us. My husband came from an abusive home, his stepmother. He's still playing those negative tapes in his head even though he's 52. How can I help him to see his inner beauty? I suppose by being that center of peace in his life, probably nothing you can say, uh, and you can, you can recognize that uh, there will be a moment 
Uh, hopefully it'll happen while he is yet in this dimension, but there will be a moment when he will be able to put things better into perspective and uh, know that there's a greater peace to be established and to be found because he has a good example in you in how that's done. What is Unity's teaching, if any, on marriage versus living together? There is none. <laughs> Do you think there's a marriage register book in heaven? <laughs> no, it, it, you know, we, we make so much out of these things and there's nothing to be made out of them. Um, Sometimes they are, they form the center of some religious kind of thought or idea. But uh, people live together, people get married, people get divorced. It's, it's all part of the journey. And you get to give it all the meaning that it really has. Where do you see humanity heading, uh, evolution? Well, I trust that everything is in the process of unfolding and getting better, more finely attuned uh, to something that blesses and heals and loves, uh, that I have to hold to. Uh, I can't see us going down the tubes because in truth, that is not how everything unfolds. So take the high watch. If souls regenerate or reincarnate, what accounts for the growing Earth population? People having children? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I mean, whenever you do you know what, you're going to have children. <laughs> And if every, more and more people do that, more often, you're going to have children. And there's probably a whole cadre of people wanting to get into where the action is that will be there for it. And it is the nature of energy to expand. Mm -hmm. If we create our own reality, do we each see a different unity of Tucson, or is there one church which is the sum of everyone's creation? How many angels can dance on the head of a pin? Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably, probably both are both are very correct. I'm sure we each perceive unity of Tucson slightly differently. Um, there would be a commonality, I'm certain. Um, but to insist that everybody sees something, whatever it is, in the same light is probably something that will never work. And it doesn't matter, does it? We trust that you see in, in Unity of Tucson um, a collective that is blessing your life and is causing perhaps you to think and to uh, touch more deeply with the God self, the good self that you are. How is Unity alike or different from what is called New Thought organizations? Um, there might be some fine-tuning somewhere in there, but I, but, but, but I don't know enough uh, to answer that question with certainty to say that um, New Thought organizations would include unity um, and, and the, the 
uh, the contemporary experience of that would include uh, religious science, science of mind, divine science, religious science, you know, non-science. Uh, it would include a variety of things, and over the years it would have included uh, Emerson and Thoreau and, uh, and perhaps even Socrates and Aristotle uh, in, in their own way. But we are a part of the, the, the journey that uh, if people ask us what makes you different than something and they speak to something, we almost always say, well, that's for you to find out. You know, that's for you to find out. Uh, go ask or go experience or go read something rather than us trying to uh, put our mouth into where your mind needs to go and be. We can tell you what unity is, but you should let other people tell you what they are. What are the conditions, requirements to become a member of unity? Well, the final one. you have to be able to, to cut a chicken in half and, <laughs> and you know, and be, uh, to be here at Unity for around six months or so to experience what we are, what we teach, what we believe, the support that we can be perhaps to you in your life. And then twice a year we have a membership Saturday morning where we talk more about what Unity is, uh, have give and take, questions, answers, everything that might facilitate something good happening in your life and in your world. And then at that point in time, um, there's a blessing time within a couple of Sunday mornings where we just simply acknowledge you and, uh, and recognize, is that coming? There's another question. Um, and uh, we then uh, offer to you the feeling of being from the inside looking out rather than the outside looking in. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not that complicated. We trust that in your process, you can be uh, more, more in, in the doing end of, of the ministry, uh, because this is a we kind of operation, uh, not small, but W-E, where we can all be in this together. Why do people struggle through life all the time? How can that be fixed? All right, struggle is a choice. Struggle is a choice based on a belief of shortage, based on a belief of luck, accident, and chance. It is not the truth of the universe in which we live, move, and have our being. But because you get to create your own reality as do we, we can create struggle and we can say this is how it has to be. We had a, we had a board member friend gosh, 30, 40 years ago, who would get really uptight if somebody expressed anything close to the thought that, that their good doesn't have to come through hard work and struggle, because his did. And if he went that, walked down that path, he wanted everyone to walk down that path. And you don't have to. But if struggle is your choice, and you might say, well, I didn't, well, underneath you had to have, because it's contrary to the universe of unlimited good that is in you, through you, and as you, and to make it, and then, then if you have others in your, um, in your vision who have chosen 
to go through life as a struggle, let them, you know, unless they come and say something to you and ask a question, let them, because that is their choice. And it doesn't matter in the long run anyway. They are all who they truly are in the one presence, one power. And even as that is the truth about you. And don't you think a lot of struggle is resistance? Yeah, yeah, it's resisting. Yeah, it is all that. Is that it? That's it. Well, thank you. I enjoy these, these are fun. It, it's an opportunity to sort of get a pulse on you, you know what I'm saying? And to recognize the, uh, uh, the, the questions that come from the very essence of who and what you truly are, just, just seeking to remember and to know. And you are blessed, and we so appreciate your being here with us. Thanks. And you know, if you, um, your question wasn't answered as thoroughly as you would have liked, um, give a call, come in, take a few moments and have your own personal answer or time with that answer. Be happy to do that, just call the office. All right, well our